welcome to joiners the podcast with tim and danny where each week we speak with a guest who's from the hospitality industry <laughs> tim flipping the script on him today i'm just kidding you know that we only talk to the most colorful characters from the industry each <laughs> week one at a time so true so true uh, a little bit of housekeeping for you um friend of the pod shannon romo reached out to me in reference to bridget albert's episode and in reference to the seasoned ice question right we were trying to figure out how ice was stored back in the olden days when it was delivered in gigantic chunks exactly so she says to slow the melt ice was kept packed together as densely as possible and insulated with straw and sawdust and stored in ice houses which were often subterranean structures hmm. so there we go so like an ice cellar yeah there you go okay well now i know absolutely you know this is the first time we are pre-recording an intro and that is because i have to catch a flight to the west coast to meet my new nephew my brother's baby boy and his name is noah middle name i don't know if i want to dox this kid <laughs> just giving out way too much information <laughs> yeah. did you get his social did he have a social yeah. yet <laughs> but uh yeah so we have a pretty special guest for you this week the creator of the check please series which was an extremely popular series yeah it ran for nearly 20 years i believe it started wow. in 2001 and we're, we're it had almost... some it had some notable guests on there senator barack obama wow was a guest on the show i didn't know that yeah well you'll probably learn about it in the interview that's right that we will record later today <laughs> that's right <laughs> um so yeah here's our interview with dave manilow Like, I've like done a thousand interviews, yeah, right? but it's back in the it's not the you know, it's the big lights mm-hmm. and regular people, and yeah. you could watch them like close up, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I always even on checkpoints, I always had I totally had like a 20% dilution factor, everybody on the show, yeah, because what they are like 10 minutes before. And then they're whatever it's helping <laughs> on. There's this and floor directors and all this stuff. So they're only eighty percent of. Well, the good, well, I had a few secrets, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, but I that was my expectation. Yeah, and people are uh, drinking wine, so they probably loosen up by the end, right? We, there was a few, there were more than a few times that we would have retaped the first segment. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. Did anyone was anyone ever overserved on the show? I'll tell you a story if you want it on the thing. So. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all right, cool. We are rolling now, so all right, we'll we'll just. Dig in. Do you want? I, yeah, do you want to dive s- right in? I mean, it, it would be obvious to start with check, please. But where does your um, connection to food begin? Ah, oh, good question. I was just always like one of those kids that like would open up the refrigerator after a meal, like people would watch TV. <laughs> and I'd be like, dude, okay, I'll, have, I'll see you later. I'll have that tomorrow. And I've always been like super into like it just made me happy. And I used to make my. I grew up um, in Lakeview, and I used to make my dad drive me before I got a license, like to Cajun places, you know, on 160th Street, or places that back in the day that were new. Yeah. So I always just loved exploring for food. Hmm. And that started, how how old were you when you remember this? Well, like, so my mom was a good cook, but we're like, you know, Russian-Jewish good cooks. You know, okay. You know, so my favorite yeah. meal, my birthday meal, was chicken and broccoli with uh, cream of 
chicken Campbell's soup sauce. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I had that going for me, and that was good. So that was when I was little. I was just always into, I was just always into kind of like, my grandmother, I, I, I've described myself as a grandmother's dream, because my grandmother used to sit and watch me eat and just smile. Yeah. Right? Just smile. So you always had a pretty fast metabolism. I think so. I think, but you know, as I got older, I ate a lot less crap. I just don't eat crap. You try to be more mindful. I'm definitely mindful. And I try to like everything else. Although like, if I go on a vacation now, because I just like all kinds of food, but so I'll juxtapose, you know, what we're eating. I won't eat like two Italian restaurants, you know, in a row. I'll yeah. just kind of like do one kind of, let's if I do an Italian, then I'll do some sushi, and then I'll do a vegetarian. And so I've always, you know, I've always kind of just like liked everything, but I don't like redundancy. Yeah. Even, mm-hmm. even in Czech places, we were kind of like, you know, make lots of different, it was, yeah. everything was different. Yeah. Does food dictate the vacation choices? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Wow. Are you planning your trips around meals? Just got back from a food trip. Nice. <laughs> and, too. Uh, but this was a long planned food trip. So uh, this was uh, with me, my wife, and four kids that are, you know, that are uh, old enough to enjoy meals. And, uh, uh, Basque regions in San Sebastian, Spain, basically. Wow, Pretty a good, good start. Right? Yeah, hell of a trip. Yeah, then London, Paris. So, you know, it's like you could do okay. You yeah, could do that's okay awesome. all the time. You know, and it's like, but it teaches you, you guys are, you know, in this business and, you know, I mean, you see a lot of restaurants. If you go to Paris, I mean, the standards are super high. You can just see it. You can look into yeah. the kitchen. What was that know? one, Le Duc? Le Duc. That was, uh, <laughs> that was yeah. an RJ. RJ Melman's uh, oh, hidden so gem fine. suggestion. In yeah. Paris? Yeah, in Paris. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you something. In Paris, you can walk around if you're there for long enough. We were only there for like four or five days. You can walk around and you can see the places that are just kind of like ha- have it going on at two in the afternoon or ten at night. And then you just can say, that's yeah. going back there. Yeah. Whatever that is. I follow uh, Nick Kindlesberger. He's, yeah, he was just yeah. in Paris. He might still be there, but... Uh, Seeing all the places he was going with his family, like, man, I wish I saw this before I went to Paris. Yeah, Nick's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, speaking of, yeah, what's your what's your relationship with all the, you know, with the food community? Do you keep in touch with a lot of the food critics? And Yeah, I never really had a, a close relationship with any of those folks because we were kind of doing different stuff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, somebody once asked me really early on in Check Please if the food critics all hated me. And I was like, <laughs> I hope not, but... They were asking because it was kind of a reinvention on how you get criticism. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and my whole thing with that in part was um, I wanted to be really genuine. So when I started the show, matter of fact, um, you know, we always wanted to shoot the restaurant when it was in action. Mm-hmm. Right. We just didn't want kind of like a fake people just showing up or empty yeah. restaurants. And I understand that it doesn't have anything to do with the, the reviews of the people, but uh, I was going to do Nomi on my first episode, Nomi at the Park Hyatt, mm-hmm. as one of the high end, right? And we had like uh, Taqueria Los Cabalas in Little Village, and we had um, Little Bucharest, which was this kind of Romanian, I think, place on Wellington. So this, was this a pilot episode? Did yeah. Did you want to prove the concept? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so I called them up. Thank you. Uh, I called them up, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we could do it, but um, we will have to have our staff you know, pretend they're guests. And I said, I'm just not doing that. Yeah. I'm just not doing that. Uh, and so I think we ended up doing MK, which is no longer there. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember like three or four years in, 
you know, kind of contacting Nomi again and like, yeah, come here whenever you want. <laughs> so, so it was fun. Yeah. Not so real guests this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just do, do a thing. Yeah. So it was always, um, it was, it was important to me, but your question about the food critics, I mean, I kind of peripherally know them all, but I don't know. Them well. Yeah. Yeah. The show was almost started out as like Yelp, the TV show. It's so true. But it's not yeah. a bunch of haters. It's people who love places and are it, yes, and they're not really trying to convince the others to enjoy it. They're, it's sharing what they like about it and opening an open forum, I guess. It's easier to hate when you're anonymous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. You know, and so it's also you know, and 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 even on checklists, I think because you know, you we always had two people sitting really close to each other, and then one person. There is a kind of like. I'm going to call your baby ugly now. Am mm-hmm. I going to really do that? You know, it's just not so easy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, I'm not saying, but I thought we got, we got genuine and honest reviews. We also would have each guest fill out a form as to what they thought about the place. So we kind of knew before they went on uh, yeah. set what they were going to say. But yeah, I always thought that, you know, if you, if you curate a, a good enough panel and they they come from different walks of life and my kind of, um, my rule was try to have three people that you'd never see going out to dinner together, yeah. just in general, and try to have three restaurants, if you can, that almost no one who's watching has been to all three. You can do that with geography a lot. If you yeah. send somebody to, like, you know, Orland Park right. and somebody to Highland Park, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, unlikely. And somebody in the West Loop, you know, it's unlikely that, that a typical viewer is going to know all that stuff. But you just, you know, you try to get really kind of diverse uh, perspective and try to have a you're taking people on a journey right? yeah you're just yeah. taking people on a it's it's a it's a journey of my background's tv so part of it is i just you know if you don't do a good tv show people change the channel too yeah right how did you come up with the idea for check please and what were you doing before that oh good question uh the shower where all good ideas come from <laughs> <laughs> And the whole thing in like one shower. And actually, when I was um, doing it, um, uh, the twist I had, I was like, oh, if, like if the two of you were hosting and you were on TV and you were criticizing, you know, you were the critics, you're going to get treated differently after show three. Mm-hmm. You're just never right. going to get it. You're not going to have a genuine experience. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't have to worry about people being discovered. Well, I guess, I mean, they have a camera crew with them. But they don't. <laughs> they don't. So we, oh, all right. These, all it's filmed films, after. Okay. It's filmed after, right. So Yeah, I guess let's... So you were, you've always been in television? Was that like yeah, right so out of college? I, or? Right out of college, I got rejected for every um, sports producing job that you could apply for. And then I got hired at a thing called Sports Vision, which was owned by the White Sox and the Bulls and the Blackhawks, and I believe the Chicago Sting that no longer exists. And I did that, and it was a 24-hour cable sports network. Then I got hired at Channel 7 to produce the sports, the 5 and 10 o'clock sports. So I did sports for a long time, and I did news. Then I joined a company where we did all kinds of stuff, including health television. And then I started my own company, and the first thing I did was had the idea for the show in the shower. And so... We did that. So I've always done TV. I kind of understood TV. And I mm-hmm. did a lot of live television, too. And live television's kind of like nerve-wracking, especially back in the day when you were doing, like, news and lots of people were watching. So I wanted to do something that was kind of like hybrid live. Yeah. You know, because kind of, we tape it live, but then, you know, we can edit it afterwards. A- any horror stories from live television production? Oh, like, you mean like me hyperventilating on a couch <laughs> after, you know, I'm like, you know, it's tough. Passers-by in the background, swearing. Well, well sure. I mean, like and I was also, like, you, you know, back then, first of all, uh, 
it, people weren't as nice as they are now. <laughs> you know, like I've been made to feel uncomfortable. That was every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. every day you're just getting your ass reamed. And if you, like, if I had to do a live shot at Wrigley or what was it called, Comiskey or Bulls, I'm, you know, if you if you screwed that up, if you were late, you know, your job's over. You're done. Bye. Yeah. See, see ya. So, um, yeah, so, but it's, uh, but having a really tough kind of, difficult cutthroat first job is good for you in the long run i think yeah, yeah. Would, would it get competitive with the other uh stations oh, like trying to get, get to people oh get in position every box single them out? day yeah every single day and so if you didn't have somebody who didn't get the interview or you didn't whatever uh and there's you know you're talking about you know jordan years and things like yeah. that you know, was it just about persistence or positioning what were the secrets to getting the interview uh that's a good question i think you know some of it's like contacts as having good contacts some of it is you know knowing that you know they all have pr guys and they're kind of protecting the players right when you're talking about like the old bears you know the super bowl and yeah, th that was easy because there was 20 guys that were like great interviews yeah. Mm -hmm. They're just great interviews. You can just pull them up. You know, getting getting Jordan back in the day, you know. Did you ever get him? Sure. I back when 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 Jordan was because he, because he was he was fairly magnanimous especially early. Mm -hmm. Um and then I he became more and more difficult. But then I also became the producer in Chicago for like all NBA entertainment stuff and that was easier. Yeah. Cuz when you're doing the NBA, when you have the NBA, I, you know, it's like much easier. <clears throat> yeah, I used to be high, used to be high Michael, high David. You know, early on. That's cool. Totally cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounded like you were very into sports if you were right. applying to all these sports jobs out of college. Absolutely. Um, so how did you eventually pivot? I mean, obviously. You yeah, had that magical idea. shower. Yeah, the magical shower. But you said you started the production company. Is this before you even had the idea? Oh, yeah, yeah. So first of all, we, we uh, I was in a production company with a bunch of other guys. We sold that, but I'll just give you a little life um, trajectory and like fr my friends and family joke about it. Um, I always kind of try to figure out where the fun was. Yeah. So actually, um, in between sports, I did I did all the in-flight video for American Airlines, hmm. and I convinced them that they should fly. They sh we should do a little travelogue where they fly. That seemed to make sense, and because that this was back when you had the screens on the plane, mm -hmm. but they made the mistake of letting me decide um, where to go. Okay, <laughs> so April in Paris for a week, you know, <laughs> Maui in December for a week, and you know, just you pick at different islands that they were flying to, and then the guys called me to Dallas. And they're like, yeah, uh, we have no trouble getting butts in the seats to Hawaii in December. So you're going like <laughs> Cleveland in March. <laughs> and I'm like, that's no fun. Yeah. Why would I want to do that? So it was the format of that. Were you highlighting places at the destination? Yeah. And like yeah. these are the places to check out. Absolutely. Culture, we had a, we had a host, you know, and, and we I used to get the best hotel in town. And we used to base it there, and they would give us, um, you know, free room and board and food and stuff like that. And uh, that was awesome. It was like a week a month. I'll just go, and you fly in, you know, Americans kind of taking it, that's easy. They play a business class or whatever, they had a crew. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. But so that's my yeah, whole thing. That's kind of a so, dream job. Yeah, it was great. So, like, sports was fun. Travel was super fun. Sorry. And um, food's fun. Yeah. Restaurants are fun. The big three. Yeah. <laughs> so how, uh, what was the original concept, and how did that morph over time? Uh, the original concept was almost identical to what it was always always was mm -hmm. um the thing that i kind of towards the end of the shower i was like oh 
what happens if I have these three people and I call up a restaurant and they just say, no, we don't want to have amateur critics. So that's when I kind of said, oh, I'll have each person recommend their favorite spot. So by that, it's kind of like it, I could call up the restaurant and say, oh, you've been recommended by one of our guests. Mm -hmm. yeah. It also added kind of a layer of tension on the show. Like I was saying before, like, are you calling my child ugly? Right. If you have, like, real passion for your place, then, you know, you, 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 you want to defend it if somebody doesn't have a good Was time. there ever a time that someone brought the other two to their favorite place and then they all turned on it? Uh, well, so they don't dine with the other guests, so okay. they would never take them. But um, there was one time, you know, first of all, I'm not going to try to like overstate, but I think we had a very warm relationship with our um, our viewers and our uh, potential guests. We had 40,000 people sign up to be guests on the show. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of people. And I think a lot of us kind of like bucket list stuff. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, so, which was great. And they were super excited, and, and that was great. I did have one person who we sent to a restaurant and part of the gig was you are there to recommend uh, with passion and defend if necessary. That's your thing. Because as soon as you don't, like as soon as you turn on it, <laughs> I can't go back to the restaurant and they're like, I watched that show. They didn't. It's like, all right. you know. So we had, we had one woman who, um, and we kind of send them back just to remind themselves. But we weren't as buttoned up back then. So we just say, go back, you know. And she, I call her up and we're, day before the show or whatever, two days before the show. And I'm like, so tell us about you, the two we sent you to, oh, this and that, and I ate this and that, and I really, anything unusual, whatever. And I'm like, and of course you went to your place and you loved it. And she goes, she goes, well, you know, I, I didn't really have a good time this time. <laughs> the service was kind of slow. And I said, so here's what you can do. You can go back like tonight and love it, or you just can't be on the show. We're just going to cancel the show. And she goes, you know what? I did love it. I did love it. <laughs> On second thought. I, I, I did love it. I'm like, that's what I thought you said. And but to be fair, we we changed we changed it afterwards. Not changed we changed it for the guests and we just said, look, you're already locked in. So when you're going back, you're not going back to critique your spot. You're going back to check out the lights and check out the artwork on the mm -hmm. wall so you can tell you can re-familiarize yourself so i didn't want to do that again. yeah but yes. oh my God. did you ever run into a situation where a restaurant closed before it aired uh, yes and part of the part like you asked me if like uh i was you know kind of know the critics but what i had to do is really understand the the restaurant landscape like if i would hear something like mm, these guys are having trouble i wouldn't put them on because exactly that could happen because sometimes it'd be like a three month in between yeah we mm -hmm, sent right. people and whatever um and so yes so i what i used to do early early on before there was all the you know reservation apps i used to call and this was this was if i was considering a restaurant mm -hmm. so i would call on like a tuesday and i'd say hey i'm i'm looking for reservations for um six people on Friday, like at seven o'clock. And they're like, no problem. I'm like, yeah, I'm not putting these guys on. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because like, cause they, cause, because I'd, some people, I used to get calls from restaurants, like it would be, you know, oh, it would be so great if whatever. And, and I didn't want to be rude to them, but I didn't want, once you kind of get known as you're saving their restaurant, that's hard to say no to the next guy. Yeah, so yeah. we just kind of just tried to be as buttoned up as could be. But to answer your question, yes, we had several that happened like that. And so that's do, tough. You, do you scrap the episode or yeah, do you, you just uh, say we disclaimer? To, well, no, no, no. We would never air that. Yeah. Um, 
In part, partly because we can't even shoot the restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. They're closed because we're shooting it after the they've been there. Oh, of course. But okay, yeah. uh, but what we would do is kind of scramble and add another a different restaurant, and then we'd have to send those people to an additional mm -hmm. restaurant. Okay. And just so you know, by the way, um, the restaurant never paid us. There yeah. was never we had a stipend for all the guests. Mm -hmm. Here's your stipend. Use it. Go out and have your regular experience. But we never got paid in the other cities that we have check please. Uh, we don't, there's n there's no quid pro quo yeah. for right. restaurants. This episode is brought to you by Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, a tasty, versatile spirit. Created in Chicago in 2012, the product was born out of a need for a bespoke iteration of the Old Tom style, which is the slightly sweeter predecessor to London Dry. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin carries classic notes of orange peel, juniper, and coriander while balancing on a subtle floral edge thanks to the addition of osmanthus blossoms. Its elevated proof is suitable in cocktails or unadorned. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, complete your bar. So eventually, the, you get the check please effect, where you know I think of like diners driving the dives, things like that. Sure. And uh, did, was that kind of immediate? And did you always get good feedback from restaurants after um, they'd been featured? Or uh, overwhelmingly positive. I don't think there's ever a time that like we did harm to a restaurant. Uh, immediate, yeah. What happened early on is you know I have a bunch of stories. <laughs> I remember going back to Gale Street Inn, which is a ribs place yeah. in Jersey. Yeah, I like Gale right? Street. Yeah, I like Gale Street. I wish I could remember the owner. This was a long time ago. So <laughs> I go back for dinner. I try not to go back to dinner like, you know, right? It's like, hey, you know. So, you know, it's like a year later. <laughs> he takes me out of the parking lot. He's like, hey, let me show you the, let me show you my Mercedes the check please bought me. Wow. You know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> I, right. and I have like this, I, I have uh, affection for these guys. There's Freddy's Pizza and Cicero. Great yeah. guys. Just, oh, do you know that spot? Yeah. Just great spot. Like an my old mother-in-law loves that place. Oh my god, got Italian kind of grocery store. Yeah. So we had him on the show, and it's Joe and Anna Maria, and Joe's you know been there forever, and he owns it. And um, I went in there like you know a year later, and he goes, "Did I tell you what happened?" And I'm like, "No." He goes, "Like you aired on a Friday first, and then on Saturday, I get this call, and I'm in the kitchen cooking, and I have my regular phone, you know, portable phone, and he's like, um, the guy calls up and says, how long does it take to get here?'" Right, and he gets that all the time because it's like in Cicero, and people don't necessarily mm -hmm. know where it is. And he goes, "Well, where are you?" And the guy goes, "I'm in line at the alley." And what had happened is the line—he never had a oh, line. Oh God! The line had wrapped around <laughs> to the alley, like. And the guy was asking, "Like, you ever been to Disney World?" Where they're saying, <laughs> yeah, "If you are here, wait. exactly. <laughs> if you are here, it will be another thirty minutes to get here." So yeah, so there was a lot of there was a lot, look. There's there's a lot of really great American dream stories where people were where restaurants were on the show and they would call me up and tell me they can send their kids to college now i mean how great is that yeah right yeah, that's very cool. so so it was like super sweet and i think especially for the smaller places mom and pop or whatever they just kind of felt validated mm -hmm. you know which is which is great and so because you're putting because it's we didn't do new hot you know well you see a lot of new yeah. hot now you know right. you see a lot of new hot we do places that are open for seven years, twelve years, eighteen years, and not all of them. Yeah, but, the you know, format was pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah. So we're kind of we're kind of like recognizing places that haven't gotten any attention in a long time and in their neighborhoods. And we'd have people, you know, I bump into people at parties or whatever, and they'd go, "Oh my god, I, 
I've passed that place 500 times. I live two blocks away. I never even knew what yeah. was going on. Now we go other. It's yeah. the ultimate hidden gem show. Yeah, and you know, it's an interesting thing with now because I don't know if there's hidden gems because there's so much Instagram and so much yeah. stuff that's out there, and I'm not even sure what a hidden gem is anymore. But you know. yeah, we talked about it in our last interview. Oh, really? The hidden gems are. Yeah, not hidden uh, anymore. Not. The gems are out in the open. Yeah, yeah. there's no. When somebody says, "I found the no yet," it's like yeah. no yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you had guests on and they recommended the various places, their favorites, so to speak, were you ever? Did you ever push back and say like, "We can't feature that"? Like, were there certain places you weren't able to feature, or places that were just sure. not good? Yeah, all the time. Um, so remember, people would sign up for their favorite three restaurants and then I'd have other categories like diner and French or fine dining or whatever like that. And so we so we had this and when you have like 40,000 guests you have pretty much every restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can there's places part of it Yes. Uh, if I wanted to do, like, Jerry Springer show, I could have put bad restaurants on, right? And then yeah. people <laughs> hate it, and they're yelling at each other. And I, I tried not to do that. We just tried to curate it. Um, but so, yeah, there's a bunch of places that I just like, yeah, I'm not doing that place. Um, and then there's places that, you know, I really w would try to, like, um, you ever been to Twisted Spoke? Yeah. You know, okay. They, do you know Whiskey about, Wednesdays. Yeah. Do you know about Smut and Eggs on uh, Saturday night? They no. show porn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, I... You know, sent a grandmother. You know, how can you not? <laughs> like, how can you not? Yeah. You know, I remember that at Evil Olive, the porn and chicken. Oh, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, so we, so a lot of it was like putting an occasional extreme, but just not everybody extreme. Like, you have to make it relatable. Yeah, balanced. Yeah, you just have mm. to because if you just put three people that are way out there in restaurants that are way out there, then it just becomes unrelatable for the for the um, viewer for anybody. And it's just like you're trying too hard. Yeah. What's the application process like? Uh, they would just, well, you know, the way it was or the way it is in the other cities, they fill out uh, an online form. Okay. And it's basically saying who you are, what you do, because occupation kind of meant something to me, too. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and, and what your favorites are. And you can kind of, you can kind of understand who a person is by what their picks are. Yeah. You know, so. Are you involved in the other cities' productions? So I get them ready. And then they uh, send me the checks, please. <laughs> 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 and it's nice. And at some point, but it's kind of like what I was saying before. I can't. Oh, Philadelphia. I don't. I don't know Philadelphia well enough to know. Yeah. You know. So, so I you kind of package it, yeah. set them up. Yeah, and I, I and I and certain amount of branding and what they can and can't do. And then it's organ. And then if you treat it with enough uh, TLC. And quality, and they're all on PBS. They don't have to be, but they are. Yeah. Uh, because I think then it's just it, it, you don't dilute the brand as much. It's not commercialized. Yeah. And then it's good. Yeah. I mean, like San Francisco, bigger than Chicago. Was yeah. that the first one after Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. And they've been so, on for nineteen years, maybe. So were you approached with that opportunity? We approached them. They hemmed and hawed, and then went all in, and they've been all in ever since. Right. And um, Florida's been the same, and San Francisco had the same host. Uh, Leslie Spracco, she's a small yay. Uh, Michelle Bernstein in, uh, they call it South Florida. Uh, it's based, based out of Miami. She's kind of a star chef down there. She's been the same host since 
pick a year, I don't even know, maybe hmm. 2008 or something. I don't even know. So the, the first host in Chicago was Amanda Puck, it was. Wolfgang Puck's sister-in-law, correct? Correct. The, how was she selected, and what were you looking for? I was looking for George Went from Cheers. Oh, nice. <laughs> and we interviewed, He's a Chicago guy, right? Exactly. And we interviewed all these Second City dudes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and women, I think, too, uh, thinking that they'd be perfect, right? But they couldn't really. So when we were, we would have them come into our conference room. It's like with the three of us, we'd all play a different role. You know, you'd be a zookeeper, you'd be a lawyer, or yeah. you would a you know, designer or whatever. Tim does look like a zookeeper. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> it's called zoo, zookeeper I, chic. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to like you know target you, but but the uh, but but so then and then when we were doing these interviews, we got kind of um, we would always either. Either kind of one of us would like be a bad guest, yeah, and then we would try to talk food and want the host to be able to like you know put keep it back the on the rails. That's right, and we realized that all most of the you know the improv people they could crack a joke, mm-hmm. they could do it up, but they couldn't really talk the food talk. Um. So I called um, somebody I knew in the in the PR food world, and she said Amanda Puck, and I'm like. Puck Puck, and she's like, yeah. And so she was running Spago, so I went to visit with Amanda, and uh, she was great. And uh, and we, you know, did a lot of practice, and she was a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, it kind of how took did up. you practice with her? Just mocking up that yeah, same scenario same in the conference yeah. room, mm-hmm. and she was good. Yeah, and, and we, you know, we're guessing, right? Yeah. You know, we're just mm-hmm. kind of like, I look, guys. I remember sitting in the pilot, sitting in the control room like pacing, which I'm prone to do, and literally going, oh, my God, this is going to work. <laughs> no, because you don't know. You're just yeah, kind of yeah. guessing. And, and this was just we had a makeshift set, and we hadn't shot any of the slice of, you know, footage. And, yeah, so it's good. So do you, is there any, going back to the application process for guests, mm-hmm. is there, do you guys do phone calls? Do you vet them to make sure they're um, articulate, outspoken, yes. Yes. not camera shy? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a huge part of the thing. And, um Early on, it was all phone calls, no pictures. We just like uh, they'd show up, and you know, you kind of like, and that was better because you didn't have, you, you weren't prone to cast somebody based on their looks. Yeah. So it made it even more regular. But we did an extensive phone interview, and you got to the point um, where, look, where I got at least pretty good at like, look, if you're a, if you're a lawyer, maybe. If you're a litigator, probably. You know what I mean? If somebody called up and said, "I'm this," but I had a radio show in college, cool. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm a, I'm I'm more comfortable. Um, and if we if we had one at least one person that we knew was going to be really great, they can elevate the yeah the rest. If that person kind of yeah. sunk down, were they're not so good. Yeah, were there any people that tanked an episode? Well, surely, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. You could, you could, if you went back and watched Jack Blee's episodes from any season, the ones that are on camera the least are likely the ones that are the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And so the show's 25 minutes long. Yeah. I was, think it was 2655. Yeah. I think is what we had to do. So of that, like how much raw footage do you have? Is it four hours with no, people? No, God, no, no. Okay. Would, because you can't keep, at least in my mind, you can't keep regular folks enthusiasm up for that long yeah so my whole thing was just let's go 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 let's go so we would do 
you know, so let's call it six minutes per discussion segment because you'd have, we'd have a package and stuff like that and bumpers and factoids and whatever. Um, so let's say we take 12 to 15 for okay. that six. Now, I watched uh, the Obama episode sure, today. Sure, that's, oh, a, that's that? a big get. He I was sen- <laughs> Senator Obama at the time. State Senator Obama. Right, Not right, right. Senator, right. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I haven't watched that one a long he time. He recommended uh, Dixie Kitchen yes. and Bait Shop. In Hyde Park. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, and he was paired with a firefighter <laughs> and an assistant buyer. To, so speaking to your point of diversity <laughs> yes. on the panel. And she had kind of multicolored hair, if I Yes, exactly. So did he apply to be on? So that was the first season. Okay. So during the first season, we had no. Yeah, there was no. no we had nobody. Mm-hmm. So um, I used to. So the firefighter was from Northwest Side or something. And he was somebody, let's say, he played softball or something with my business partner. The assistant buyer, we had like a. It's like an associate producer. She was her friend. Okay. And Obama, I used to go out to dinner with my friends Bob and Cindy. And Michelle and Barack, who they knew. Wow. They're like, you know, they're, they, and still, I mean, Cindy's daughter got married four or five years ago, maybe three, four years ago. Michelle gave her away. So that's oh, how wow. close they were. Yeah. Back in the day, they were way, up, way ahead of me. And so I and I probably went out to dinner with them twice. And so when you have the starting the show, I'm like, eh, that guy will be good. Yeah, excuse me, <laughs> Senator. <laughs> I know. So yeah. that's all it was. Yeah. You know? Did you have any other notable guests over the years that uh, yeah, kind of stand all, out? All like first year, we had Bob Falls, who was the Tony Award winning director of The Goodman. And he told me like a year later, I bumped into him and he goes, he goes, he goes, I'm recognized 10 times more for my checklist appearance. <laughs> I feel like he's like, I've won Tonys, I've done this, and I'm just laughing. Our first year, we had Nate Burkus. Do you know Nate? Yeah. Nate, yeah he's Nate an alum a, of Lake Forest College. That's, I did not know uh, that. That's where I went. Ah, that's yeah. how I know. Yeah, so Nate <laughs> was super nice, and he was, he, he was Amanda's friend. And he was so, same thing. Hey, would you do this? Yes, yeah. Because uh, there was no, we, we probably taped six shows before the first one aired. You know, so mm. you didn't have any, nobody. Right, but over the years, did, like, notable people reach out to try to be on the show? Uh, y- it depends on how notable you want to call notable. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Jordan wasn't on. Oprah's not calling, yeah. you know what I mean? Michael so, Jordan's like, I love this place, Michael Jordan's Steakhouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah right, his PR people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. no, matter of fact, when they, we were considering doing Jordan's Steakhouse on the show, I said, I have one rule, I have to interview Jordan. So they were like, not a chance. So, <laughs> You're so like, I got that going yeah. for me. Uh, right, uh, but yeah, we had kind of B-listers. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I was never kind of like that into. Um, because they were trying to like Bogart the show. Yeah, and they were trying to. Promote uh, their own stuff. Yeah, they were trying to kind of get a little, uh, you know, own profile. But yeah. um, it doesn't really go with the show. Right. In, in the sense Inauthentic. that. It is. And also they, they get treated differently. Right, so it's a little tough too. If, I mean, look, if you had Mayor Daly when he was mayor, Ram and Jordan and Oprah, sure, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll change the like format. One wild episode, oh, yeah, exactly. I'll change the format, but yeah, yeah. yeah, so it didn't happen. That'd be an interesting idea for a different show. That's <laughs> yeah, right. We've got a producer <laughs> with us. Yeah, right. yeah. We yeah. Pitch well, we're going to pitch you on yeah. several yeah. ideas. Uh, how, so there. once you had the idea, how what was the process like in pitching it to get it made? I made a little. Um, and kind of like a, I don't know if it was a PowerPoint back then. I think we made it on paper. And and my folks in the office, colleagues and I, and we chatted at a restaurant. And it wasn't video. And we um, 
I kind of pitched it as not, I pitched it not as first as here's the format. I pitched it at first as here's why you should do a show about restaurants because it's everybody's water cooler conversation. It's a huge industry, as you guys know, right? There's yeah. an amazing amount of people. People spend their money, right? And so that show, if you looked at it back in the day, I don't know if I described it, but it was like, do you remember Siskel and Ebert or at the movies mm-hmm. yeah. or any of those things? It was basically Siskel and Ebert meets Zagat, which was a little thing, right? Yeah. It was kind of like Siskel and Ebert genius show right two guys just sitting they have all the films sent to them <laughs> just sitting <laughs> yeah. talking and they're they can be anonymous right because the movie's already made yeah right so we had to do a little twist um and so i pitched the channel 11 because i thought that, that would be the right um place yeah and so they were just coming off of a complete um rebrand of their station called network chicago and to tell you and, and they were it was not going well and there was one show they said that they were going to cancel and they'll give us the money to do it, and just to give you an idea of how much money they give us, that show was called The Cheap Show. Where to God. It was like right, Wayne's we'll World. Figure, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was like. It was literally Wayne's World. It was like, it was like local show. access or whatever. And, and, but, but when we did our show, you know, we, were, we had a production company, so we had cameras and editing, so it wasn't going to cost us a huge amount. And uh, they had a set, and they provided the studio things and studio crews and whatever. And the set was nice. And, I mean, you know, the studio's nice. And then we had just makeshift, nothing little set. Did they give you a better budget for the second season? They started going up and up and up. But it was, a part of it was, like, then their crews started shooting. We yeah. edited. And they shot. They paid the host. You know, and so it got, yeah. it got, it got, I would never say it was, like, a huge budget. But um, really good life. Yeah. Yeah. You followed the fun. It totally followed the you fun. You created the fun. I, I, I uh, let me tell you, there's um, and and the restaurant community is just a great community. You know, it's filled with people that really have soul. And so I mean, and now it's you know I was just um, looking at uh, like Boca's uh, twenty, right? They're twenty. Yeah. I've known those guys twenty years ago. And yeah. I knew Danny Medea when he was like you know opening Blackbird or whatever back yeah. in the day. And so you know watching. And I watching the the industry grow is really exciting too, and kind of being at least a little bit of you know eyes and ears on that was cool. Yeah, could you see looking at the places that people were recommending at the time? Were you able to see like like oh this is the Alinea era? Like were there different things where you were like okay this is the hottest restaurant in Chicago right now? Were you able to follow the trends just based on the applications? Yes, uh, I could follow the trends. I don't think we ever because we never did real hot and new. I don't think we ever kind mm-hmm. of like tried to portray the trends on TV. But you could watch like the avant-garde era come. Yeah. Because Grant Ackett's used to work at this place in Evans called Trio. Yep. Yeah. Right. And Curtis Duffy was like a sous chef. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could watch those guys. Um, and then Omar Ocantu ended up passing away and, and different guys that were just doing really, really interesting stuff. And competition, and then you'd all like the Trotter alums that were starting the real right. thing. But it went from even though Chicago's still a st- steak town, steakhouse town. It's so much more now. And back then, I think that's what it was. So watching Yeah, that makes blossom, sense. We've know. talked about creating the family tree of Trotters and Trio and just showing, like, where. I mean, it's pretty insane. The, right. The right. alums and the careers that have come out of those oh, places. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Lettuce had guys. They're, they're not as chef-driven, but they've had M, uh, Cornick had stuff at MK. You know, yeah. Eric Williams has got Virtue. Mindy Siegel's got her thing. And there's been a there's been a – look, I was talking to Ryan O'Donnell. Ryan O'Donnell owns, like, 10, 12 restaurants, Gemini, this new Danucci's three. Oh, the Ballyhoo. Yeah, Ballyhoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He worked for Cornick. 
you know, all these guys, you forget yeah. that they all kind of like, they, they, they worked in the same world. And, and they got good and, and they got better and better and the restaurants got better and better and Chicago became, you know, on the map and you, know, you guys know the rest. Yeah, with the, how much reality TV has changed um, since 2001 when the show started, how would you have to pitch that show now? Oh God, that's a really good question. I, I, you'd have to pitch it to somebody much smarter than me, <laughs> because I always said that reality TV made the show better. Yeah. Because it felt real. You know, I think when people started watching it, it was so kind of like oh, people would be flipping the channel, and I swear to God, they felt like they were eavesdropping on somebody's conversation. Yeah. They didn't even think they were like watching a yeah. TV show. They felt like, and I think that's why so many people showed up at these restaurants because it was almost like they felt like they're watching something that nobody else is watching. So it was kind of pure that way. Gosh, I think you'd have to do like, you know, like you'd have to do the poker hidden cameras, uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd have to do the poker thing. <laughs> you'd have to set something up where there's conflict, you know. Yeah, it would be scripted nowadays, I guess, I, if, you, if you started from scratch. Or you'd have somebody in the, you know, a, a plant in the kitchen or somebody misbehaving as a diner. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's not nothing I ever really wanted to do. And yeah. I can watch those shows and kind of enjoy them. Yeah. You know, Would but... you ever want to bring it back in Chicago? Sure. Yeah, so, well, why, why did it, so it stopped, like, right at the pandemic, right? After, I think you were on the ad, like, coming up to season 20, right? Yes. So, and then restaurants shut down. Was that when you were like, we got to, like, uh, this has No, because here's, here's the, you know, I'm going to be delicate in how I answer this. Mm -hmm. oh. I would, I never wanted to stop the, sh I certainly wouldn't have stopped the show when I thought the restaurants were in trouble. And needed help. I don't think I would have stopped the show, or nor do I think anyone would say like, "19, sure. Why would we want to do 20? You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> who would want to do good. 20? Yeah. <laughs> who would want to really celebrate 20 yeah. when you could do 19? Okay. <laughs> so I'm giving you a little, I'm giving you a little kind of like maybe that wasn't yeah. the whole reason yeah. to stop. And I did think it was kind of going in the wrong. I thought it was the show for external reasons was starting to go in the wrong direction. And okay. I did, I'm not saying you can start, stop on top or anything like that, but you know what? 19 years or a lot of years on a TV show is, is not usual. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just not having a show that that's Simpsons that level, whatever, but it's a yeah. long time. And, yeah, and it's pretty cool. And, and to answer your question under the right circumstances. Sure. I just okay. had Alpina sing. I was just talking to Alpina. Oh gosh. Like last week. And I mean, we didn't even bring it up. Like I know, she, I know if it worked, if it was right, we would do it again. Yeah, yeah. Right. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic, from fine dining to a corner cafe. They've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. So where is the fun taking you next? God, I, you know, it's like I used to say to my wife, like when all of this is over and we go out to a restaurant and nobody cares, are we going to be able to go out to eat? Are we going to go out? Uh, so I have this podcast with uh, that I do with Crane. It's called The Dining Table, and it's still great. So I still get to I still get to stay in the game, and I'm interviewing a lot of people. 
Um, oh, I just started a thing. Now, it's not on yet, but we just, this came from my colleague Liz. We were talking about, do you guys have tattoos? I have a single stick and poke on the back of my arm. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, in the, in the restaurant world, lots of tattoos. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of sleeves. Yeah. Yep. So we just started, we just shot our second check sleeve. Okay, where we're going and asking people in the restaurant business to describe their tattoos on their sleeve. That's just a little Instagram. Thing. you got to yeah. get Greg Wade. Oh, right. I've done it. I okay. brought it up in our interview with Greg, and then I, immediately I was like, maybe people don't want to talk about tattoos because it's, it's very personal. That's yeah. exactly what people said. As a matter of yeah. fact, we just interviewed Nicole, and she goes, oh, my God, I've told you more than I tell most people. But but I'm not. I'm, I'm allowing them to say whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. If they right. want to get super deep, and if they, yeah, if they don't want to talk about it. Want, and if they don't want to talk about it at all, we've had a couple that said, yeah, it's just too personal. But, but yeah, it's not something I really contemplated because I have none. Uh, my daughter has a lot. <laughs> uh, and I'm not even, you know, they're all like pretty animals and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I, I find that interesting because I still remember the first guy um, years ago that uh, Chris Curran, who ran a place called Blue Something, he's out in the suburbs now, uh, and a sleeve, and I'm like, Whoa! I think you could do a history of Chicago restaurants actually on checklists and watching the tattoos. Yeah, change, increase. evolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. huh? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So, so we're so I'm still kind of um, I'm still involved in the restaurant community and still kind of trying to um, explore and recommend, but it's a different thing. I'm recommending. I'm not. I'm not telling you shouldn't go to a place. I'm only yeah. going to play. I'm talking to the people that I like and places that I think you should go to. Supporting them. Yeah. It's it's supporting, but it's also like I love the idea of exploring and I must say I watch a bunch of Instagram, you know, occasionally somebody's good. A lot of it is just kind of like hype. Yeah. More sizzle than steak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's something we we've talked discussed. about. That. There's just a lot. Everybody's a food reviewer now. And you gotta maybe the amount of followers isn't always indicative of the quality of the review. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and it's hard to yeah. Pick who to follow. And if you wanted to, if one wanted to just show all kinds of outlandish stuff, you're going to get more followers. And But I'm not sure. If, part of it is like, who do you trust? Right. Just because person has whatever, does that mean? And, and, I'm, and you know, food is, is personal, too. What you guys might, you, you, the three of us might like the exact same stuff, or we might yeah, not. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. 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 yeah so. I think that's one thing we align on is Danny and I generally enjoy the same yeah. restaurants. So what, do you have, like, favorites? Do you have places like if you, do you have a birthday restaurant that you would go to this? Uh, this past year I went to Shaw's. I, I, Shaw's is one of my favorite restaurants it's in the city. I love right. Shaw's. I love Avac. Yeah. Um, those are probably OG, yeah. my favorites. OG here. Avac on Randolph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been Nightwood for me. Oh, I love probably. Nightwood. Right, uh, it was one of my favorite places. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Nightwood, but so Jason's. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I still love Lula, of course. Yeah. I still love oh, yeah. Lula, Lula's up there for I me, too. Lula. It's always so good. Um, La Traparita is one of our favorites. Yeah. I, in Little Village. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I love that spot. Not, not on a Thursday. It's closed. It's like weirdly closed on Thursdays. <laughs> we always get pranked We've by talked it. about this a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's tons of places that we love to go to. Stuff falls in the rotation. We do a lot of nine bar and QXY stuff. It's yeah. a good combo. I haven't been to nine bar yet, but I've been to QXY. Yeah, it's all. I go to Metal Arc a lot recently. Yeah, there's no shortage, especially since we started the pod, there's no shortage of places to go. And right. we try to, I try to hit up a lot of our clients in the city. There's right. just like finding the time and the budget to eat out all the time. It's getting expensive. Yeah, yeah it it's, sure is. You know, it's, it's hard. The, but I, you know what I really like, and I don't, I, I say this, um, 
I like restaurants that I feel have soul. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Mm-hmm. And not all of them do. I mean, a lot of them don't. And, yeah. um, and you could have soul and be, I was talking to the Kasama folks, the Jeannie and Tim, you are married, and that place has soul, and it's not cheap. Sure, and then yeah, there's it's little, not little cheap, places yeah. in Humboldt Park that have soul that are, you can get, you know, Hibarito, and it's, you know, six bucks, and it's yeah. like, um, but a lot of owner-operated, we, even on Checkways, we, we never did a chain. We did groups. Oh, that's cool. We yeah. did groups. We did one kind of chain. We did Morton's the Steakhouse, but the original one. That okay. was our deal. I think yeah, that's, that's permissible. That's fair. I thought yeah. that was fair. I thought that was fair. <laughs> yeah. That's something we talked one. about with Michael Nagrin was like finding, I asked him what hit the special sauce is for what right. he looks at. And it's uh, it's really about, well, he's he's famous for saying uh, he wants every bite of food to be four stars. Every, every, every meal he has to be four <laughs> stars. Okay. And uh, so he, he wants to, you know, ele- elevate the scene. But really, it's like people who are intentional about what they're doing, yeah. have a unique perspective. And it's more art than just preparing a meal. Yeah. And it's, see, I'm, I'm a little different in that. Like I used to, I mentioned Alpina before. Alpina could tell you what ingredient is in every dish by a bite. Oh, yeah. Senses are so high. I wish I had that taste. I have none of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like none. I'm just like, I just know it's good. You know, that's yeah, but, good but to I'm, you. Yeah. I'm also kind of like, I could walk into a place, I think still can, and I can understand the feeling of a place if mm-hmm. it's got their shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Even Scafflaw is like that. Like, yeah. you know, you know what that's going on. It's like, you feel, you feel good about it. Uh, even places like Let Us Entertain You have a certain. Their restaurants have a certain energy where, at least for their diners and the people that really flock to their restaurants, it's like a special night out. And that's cool. Yeah. You know, that's cool. They, so so I'm really, I, really, I really like places that make, make you feel like they want you to be there. Yeah, yeah that's the hospitality sure. element. Absolutely. For sure. yeah. I mean, no. Zaragoza is a great example of no. that. Um, just always feel super welcome when you're there. Uh, hundred percent and uh yeah it's like they appreciate you taking the track and they and it doesn't feel contrived you with a delicious meal. it's uh, like off, it's yeah, authentic it's genuine yeah. yeah genuine i i went to a, i picked up a blueberry muffin at a place that i won't say and <laughs> blueberry was, was really good and then i realized i said i've had I, i've had more welcoming experience at getting a license at the dmv yeah than i had rough. at this place you know and <laughs> i feel like I, and i and, and they're flipping the, the screen or you know it's yeah, like i'm uh, like you know it's not hard yeah, yeah exactly. I'm just here and buying a muffin. <laughs> um, yeah, do you have any uh, favorites either <clears throat> that you've unearthed, um, either through Check Please or recent favorites that you know are kind of go-tos? Okay, so I think the unearthed Check Please one was, I think we put, and I think they'll say this, that we put Kuma's Corner on the map the first time. Oh, yeah, that was the burger spot yeah, in 100%. 2008, yes. and, yeah, 8 through and 12. When now. I went there to check it out, I went there with my producer or whatever, and we were the only people in the restaurant. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And was it still heavy metal playing? It was totally heavy yeah. metal. And Was and whiskey on tap yet? I don't think so. Yeah. But it was like, and then, I, and then I went back and brought one of my kids, and we sat outside with Big Mike, who was the owner, and he was, like, nervous about like being on and then and then and then and then we put him on and it was a fun show it was great and and you know and then it, it kind of blew up and they have several more yeah and and so i did we unearth it but but look now like look have you guys been to warlord yet no Not but yet. i we've heard, okay, a lot. heard right. yeah. so i just so i brought uh, i have another kid 
I brought the kid there because I cared about it super early. The, the one nice thing about kind of the yeah, being, being in the circle. Yeah, in the circle, you kind of sometimes can get the yeah. early places. And it, I don't know how they're going to maintain no reservations there. I'm, I assume they are because mm-hmm. people are going to hear about it. Yeah. And then I mean, with a name it? like Warlord, you can't have a reservation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was good. And it was good. It was, the service wasn't super fast, but it was good. We had a nice time. It was cool, like, like serious open yeah, fire. Yeah, flames. Who tipped you off on it? I was, you know who tipped me off? Somebody who lives in Avondale who was my old checklist producer, and I, we went out for a drink. Oh, really? And I don't remember yeah, we the bar. Do that. Yeah. yeah, and she was like, she lived, but she lived in the area. Yeah. She's like, oh, have you heard about this place, Warlord? And I'm like, no, she's just open. And it's weird because it's like, what is it, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday? I, uh, I don't know. It's something I think that's goofy, what it is. Yeah. yeah. And so Monday's like industry and the rest yeah. is, um, but it was good. It was fun. It was, so it's fun finding those places. I have been going to, I'm just going to pronounce this correctly, and this place has been there for a long time, Papa's Cache, or Papa's Cache. Sabroso? Yes. Yeah, on a Division? 100%. Yeah. And just having roast chicken and bringing a bottle of wine. and What's just like that Is it Humboldt? Uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's west, west of western. western. Yeah, okay. not too far west of western. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I always, I ride my bike there, and I'm like, man, I've never checked out any of these restaurants on yeah, this little strip. Yeah, some very solid. Yeah, good, good, roast, good roast chicken. <laughs> Really good roast chicken and nice people, and you can t- get it to go. Or last time we were there, we were there last weekend, there was guys in the other room, like a little, kind of not, not on the patio, but there's another room. He's like, they brought a bottle of tequila. They're giving the shots to everybody that they don't know. <laughs> and I actually said to him, like, if you guys are back here next Saturday, I am coming back yeah. just to hang with you guys. So, <laughs> so that's yeah. where I'll be on Saturday. Hey, Danny. Yes, Tim. Question of the Bronca varieties. Is that all right? It's totally cool with me. They are one of our sponsors after all. Terrific. Okay, the sponsor is Bronca International. That is the company. Yes. Fernet. So what's Fernet then? Fernet is the style of Amaro that they originated in 1845. Okay. So that style, Fernet, is basically a mentholated, punchier so it's like higher proof and it's a mintier version of amaro okay i get that it's a minty punch yep and it has since spawned many imitators got it and those also go by the name fernet but they're not fernet bronca right bronca is the name of the distillery fratelli bronca so if it's fernet bronca i got it that's all okay can we get back to the show now yes sir Ready Uh-oh. to get grilled? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me take a sip of my uh, yuzu citrus that you have. Yep. <laughs> All right. What is your death row meal? Oh, my God. Um, so I'm a big I'm a big Thanksgiving dinner fan. Okay. I just Do am. you cook? I don't know. My wife cooks Thanksgiving okay. dinner. Um, so I would say if I wanted something super hearty, that would, then I would also put me to sleep, I think. I'd be sleeping on the couch when they <laughs> did Death me. Death by in. tryptophan. Exactly. Yeah. I'd just be asleep <laughs> and then I'd be dead. I think I'd do that. But, and people kind of go, really? I don't like it. I'm like, I don't know. It just gives me really good, warm feelings. And so, yes, that would be it. That's a good, that's the first time that's yeah. come up. I bet it's a surprise. Yeah. People are, because I, by the way, just as a disclaimer, I like love everything, and I'm happy to do the most avant-garde meal or the most pedestrian tuna salad sandwich. Yeah. But that has good memories for me. That's a good question. What is your most? What's the most avant-garde meal you've indulged in? Anything that stands out as being completely off the wall? 
Uh, you know, I I think Alinea and um, whatever, and I forget what the other place. Well, let's just say Alinea back in the day was when they were just first opening, and I was yeah. probably there, you know, a couple months into the opening. That was super avant-garde, and uh, I don't do the um, eat the head of whatever, just eat the head of whatever, you know, just mm-hmm. the, the thing. So I think that's probably that. That you know, there's a great thing about going to restaurants. I think sometimes like movies or theater is the same way. I can remember meals that I had 15 years ago, and I can forget meals I had last week. Yeah, yeah, the, the same, same way. Yeah, yeah. And that one I remembered, not because, and it was before the hype. Yeah. If you can get to places before the hype, For sure. that's the greatest thing. Yeah. You know, when you're just so excited. I feel about, like Warlord landed with the hype. It, well, there was no yeah. pre-hype time. I think that's fair. And there's places, and I think if you, I don't, I mean, go on a tangent, but there's places that when they first open and they're off the beaten path and you go there and that's great. And then they get like a Michelin star and then the expectations completely change yeah. mm-hmm. for Tough. everybody who's going, right? Yeah. So they're, versus you're just stumbling into a place. And that's what's great about Chicago. You can still open places, you know, in areas that aren't populated with restaurants. It's not like Manhattan. Yeah. Danny, do you have an avant-garde meal? I'm curious. I mean, most avant-garde we ate at like tickets in Spain and Barcelona. Um, you know, did just like a lot of random, random stuff. I don't know. It's funny. One of our, uh, our, our VP of Scofflaw Group, she's gonna go to French Laundry, uh, uh, nice. like pretty soon. And that was like the first very fancy meal I ever had. Uh, and I was 16. We went, and it, like blew my mind. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that just stands out as like the most avant-garde to me. Is right. that what that put time. you down this path, Danny? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was pretty special. Um, I definitely feel very fortunate to have had it, right. you know, at that time. And the fact that you remember it. Yeah. From when you were 16. I mean, it was like over 20 years ago. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just the whole, I mean, memories are, food memories are, are, are super important. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, the, I've had a lot of meals since that Alinea meal, but I remember it specifically. I went to a place called WD. Yeah, 50, 50. Wiley yeah, Dufresne place. Yeah, I went yeah. there, too. Oh, I will tell you a quick story. I went there with a friend of mine, a New York friend, and he knew them, so we, they invited us back in the kitchen. And they said, hey, where are you from, Chicago? And I was like, oh, yes, it reminds me. You know, I was interviewed Grant Ackett's once in, at Trio. I I think they started bowing to me how much <laughs> they loved Grant Ackett's. Yeah. It was like unbelievable. You know, oh, my God, he's met Grant. I was like, oh, was like they, were, they were all so excited. Yeah. I was like, I don't really know him that well. I just like, you know, one time. But yeah. 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 I mean, to answer your question, Tim, our meal at Oriole that we shared was pretty special. Yeah. The one that stands out in my mind was uh, my sister took me to Moto. You mentioned That's uh, Chef Kantu. Yeah, and I, I thought that might have been the one yeah, you were trying to think you. of. Yeah. Um, but that one was like... I think I was still in college at the time, yeah. and uh, it was like it was on Fulton before Fulton was Fulton, Absolutely. and um, I remember that cigar dish, yeah. and I was like, "This is different." Yeah, yeah. Was, he was doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, very inventive. Yeah, very, very inventive. He was a he was a super interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Yeah, and Oriole's great. I've not been there since they remodeled. Yeah, I, I didn't go before they remodeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't. But we that went was the only time. Shortly after, I, yeah. I guess. It's kind of like a once in a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Save <laughs> up for that one. That was, I, that was oh, a great no. deal, though. Uh, but, but that place is, I think there's a trend, though, on really fine dining, whatever you want to call it, or you'll card fine dining, of being more approachable. Like Kasama's super approachable. Yeah. You mm-hmm. yeah. know, and I think the places, there's less stuffiness in right. the super expensive places. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. What's we may have already covered this, but favorite hidden gem restaurant? No. Yeah. I like uh, so I like going to Lawrence Avenue because there's a lot of restaurants on Lawrence Avenue that are good, and I've been going. I haven't been there recently, but I've been going to Great Seas for like mm. spicy chicken wings yeah. forever. Those wings are so good. They're so good, and so that's that would be a place. Although there is also a place on Lawrence bone broth soup that's really good in the winter and i don't hmm. remember its name all right cool so well i need to get to both of those yeah Great all right wings are pretty special yeah, yeah all right uh favorite fast food uh i I, I think I know what he's going to say. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say. Well, I, I just, I, he's going to go to Red Hot Ranch. That's oh, I am close, on my yeah. way to Red Hot Ranch after this. But that's not. Would you consider it fast no, food? No. I mean, like, kind of is, though, if you think like, about I, it. No, I'm talking chain. You need a drive through for it to be fast food. Small Cheval? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The new Small Cheval. So, like, I think In-N-Out Burger is overrated, as long as we're talking Thank about Thank you. Red, as long as we're talking about Red Hot Ranch. It is. Disagree. No, it is. But here's the thing. My first In-N-Out Burger was Fabulous, but then I've been to a bunch of other ones, and like we're back to the soul. I'm not a soul. There's no soul in it. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. Fair you enough. Know? Okay. And and does so, Culver's have soul? Oh, Culver's. I haven't been to Culver's. <laughs> Culver's, Here we go. Culver's not bad. I don't mind. I don't mind me a Culver's. Uh, Chick Fil A. I'll do it every once in a while for the, with the kid. The kid will do Chick Fil A. I've done, I used to do Arby's all the time. Yeah. yeah. Arby's. And I, I heard I, they're bringing the five for five ninety five back. Really. My sister told me that maybe she was just teasing me. <laughs> it's like a mean, yeah, mean I, trick. I, I'm not a Burger King guy. I'm I not, haven't been to I never, Wendy's. Uh, a, I used to do McDonald's a lot, and I used to special order the double cheese so I know they would make it. Yeah. You know, versus, so I mean, I, I'm giving you everything but an answer. No, I, I, I heard your answer. You said Culver's. I'll go Culver's. Yeah, I like. Culver's. And what's the order at Culver's? I, I'm a burger guy. Yeah. Although it depends. Because I don't eat that much meat, so I will go for a fish. They do yeah. a fish. Yeah, yeah they, they do. They do a nice fish. Yeah, yeah. I will go Butter for Butter burger is where it's at, though. Yeah, I think <laughs> fries. it's kind of hard not to. And I only do it, like, on the road. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have, it's have, always a road yeah, trip. It's, it's a, a very road. special yeah. treat. Absolutely. 100%. Like, you're pulling over. <laughs> and, but I will tell you, I've been to small towns. <laughs> I've been to small towns. Like, I was in I was in North Carolina at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And I'm like, you. this is magical. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. There's like the service was fantastic. Same yeah. thing. I've been to some a couple of McDonald's up in Michigan, really small town, Michigan. I'm like, I'd like, I love being here. I don't know what you're doing, but it's yeah. true that the quality of at least McDonald's I find is better in the suburbs. It's or or out in the small in the, yeah. in the yeah, small in the towns. Yeah, yeah, in the mm-hmm. sticks. They, Though the best one in the city is at uh, Lake and Ogden. <laughs> That's my local oh, McDonald's. Yeah, I, know I that stand one. by that. It's been verified by Chef uh, David Posey. Oh. Uh, <laughs> someone else has, has remarked on that as well. I, I like the fact that you know enough <laughs> McDonald's I know. that you can, you can lay claim <laughs> oh to the gosh. best one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim should be about 100 pounds heavier. Yeah, probably. it's not. Yeah, that's. that's and what are you? Uh, you're always fries, I assume, at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. gotta get the fries. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to what? Well, no, no I mean, not having like, fries. Maybe, not oh, having fries. Yeah. You're mean, not like, leaving McDonald's without, without fries. fries. You have yeah. to, like, fries are. But you know what? That is the most volatile thing you can order. It's it's all over the place. You gotta get the temperature right and you gotta get the salt level right. Oh, right. And the crispiness. Right. You can get the soggy, you can get the right. cold, you can right. get the unsalted. It's right. A lot can go wrong, but when it's right, it's, it's yeah, right. Yeah, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just eat the fries. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's an interesting thing, because I've mentioned a few times I have four kids. So. You know, you have to, you do a lot. You just do a lot of the fast food. Yeah. You do a lot of pizza. A lot so, yeah. of pizza. I, I'm not as enthusiastic about either of those um, 
as maybe I could be, should be. Yeah, what are your pizza know. spots? What are the kids I'm asking a Pats, for? I'm a Pat's guy. All right. On, uh, yeah, on yeah. Western? No, Pat's no, is like John's. a seminary. It's like on uh, South. It's like one of those. It's, it's, it's Lakeview-ish. I was thinking Pete's. Sheffield, maybe. Mm. Pete's, yeah. So I'm Pat's. Um, I went to Pizza Fried Chicken Ice Cream that I think closed. And yeah, yeah, but they're really? doing it out in the Burbs now. Oh, um, it's called Westmont, uh, right. Kim's Uncle Pizza. Oh, okay, Rosemont or Westmont? I Westmont. They had a Westmont. really good pizza. Yeah, I had it. Yeah, I had it during the pandemic. I haven't been out to their new spot yet. I'll do a I'll do a lose every once in a while. Yeah, a deep yeah. dish. Then oh deep. I'll just if I go deep. I think if I do lose, I do deep. Um, but you know, we don't do it that often. But yeah, so. I used right. to love Art of Pizza. Art of Pizza on Ashland. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Go for a slice. Yeah, big yeah. slice. Yeah, yeah. I know that spot. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have a favorite guest who has been on Check, please? Someone who stands out in your mind. Uh, so we were talking about this before we went on. The guy that stands out. So you had mentioned also, like, we serve wine. But we also, what people don't necessarily know, is we would have a little wine in the um, green room beforehand. We didn't mm-hmm. encourage it. We just had you know, something, you know. But I would kind of monitor it, and we wouldn't put a bunch <laughs> of wine. So I say it like this. So I don't know what happens if you are medicated, let's say muscle relaxers, and you drink a lot of alcohol, but I think I witnessed it. I, I know what happens. Okay. Not from personal experience. I've uh, seen it. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, I've sure, seen sure, it, too, sure. on, yeah. on television. So, yeah. Um, so he was fine the first segment. Okay, and he's drinking wine. <laughs> the second segment, he started um, he started mumbling, and then he started talking to the camera <laughs> to the point where he said, "Stop looking at me! Stop looking at me! Stop following me!" And, I'm like, <laughs> and I remember I remember the green room. And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Oh, you know, this is my favorite guest. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he was, was it we Tim. Had, we had, it was, it was, I wish you know, Tim, the zookeeper was not, uh, was not on the show. But we had to like get him a ride home, and we uh, didn't. I couldn't air the show. I could have edited around him. Yeah, I could have, but yeah. So we had to throw that one away. No yeah. way! Absolutely, throw it wow. away. So all the restaurants that were featured got we we away. we are we redid them and oh, you know, we okay. could spread oh, it good. around. Yeah, I tried to be it. fair to people because you don't want first of all restaurants. <laughs> that by the one way, guy tanked all these restaurants. <laughs> well, we never would tell the restaurants one. We would never tell the restaurants that they are on until the show was done. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. and we would never tell them that they're being considered because yeah. we didn't want them to look for guests. Yeah. Oh, so okay. so we would just we would send. Like if if the three of us were you know sitting there creating the show and we wanted to do Warlord and like if they do it or not we would just send them like uh, something to fill out saying are you interested send it back you know and if you are whatever so mm-hmm. that and we could do that that restaurant three years later so we're not in no way are we obligated we're saying we may or may not do it but we always try to be pretty buttoned up as far as like being honest and genuine so they're not you know looking yeah. Did any chefs or owners ever ask for final cut? No, uh, no, <laughs> no. But one guy, it was like, it's one guy called up after he knew it was airing on a Friday, and he's like, he calls me up and he's like, so um, I'm thinking of having a party at the restaurant. Should I have a party? <laughs> like, Leading question. I'm like, yeah, you should have a party. I thought you should have a party. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, and, and so I did play his segment. On audio for him. it wouldn't matter. We're gonna air yeah, it anyway. Yeah. But so nobody's ever 
nobody's asked to. Um, you can have a party. Yeah. It'll be a very yeah, sad, sad party. Sad. Yeah, yeah. Make sure it's a sad <laughs> he party. Yeah. He didn't know. He didn't know me and trust me. You know, so it's like, yeah, you know, you just look. All you can do is, my feeling on that is all you can do is be fair. Yeah. You know, as long as you're not manipulating, you're not, you're not sending a vegan to a ribs joint. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we look bad. At the end of the day, it's three people's opinion. Totally. And I'll give you some, if I go on another tangent, I'll give you a, a, yeah. a story. Uh, we did this place called Roselle's on Taylor Street. Um, Rosalie and Salvatore and their daughter, Cindy, and the, and the son-in-law. And we, on the show, we had a dairy salesman, good guy, recommend it. We had a lawyer, um, female lawyer, we sent there. And, we, and the third person was a screenwriter with a velvet shirt and a velvet hat. <laughs> just not judging. I'm just saying. He's the driving crooner, baby. The driving crooner. He reamed this place a new asshole. Okay? Oh, reamed it a new asshole. Mr. Velvet? Mr. Velvet did. And so Cindy calls me like on the Monday or whatever and goes, Dave, Dave, Dave. It was really hard watching my restaurant get you know, ripped like that. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. It's just kind of like, you know. You're like, did the velveteen man soften the blow, though? <laughs> well, she goes, then the phone started ringing off the hook. And every other reservation was, if that asshole hated it, I know I'm going to love it. Oh, okay. awesome. So when you're saying about Three Pills Opinion, it's about... If you, if you don't if you relate to this person <laughs> and you think this guy's an asshole, whatever. You know, why, why would I go Why would I go to the place the asshole picked? So probably yeah. whatever he picked, I don't even remember. We People need to get like, his contact info. We're, we're going to track podcast. him down. We're going we're gonna to do a <laughs> short <laughs> segment with the Velveteen Man. <laughs> I, I, you can look him up. He's somewhere. Look up, look up Roselle's just on the like, yeah, yeah, online track it down. Dude, that's so funny. Defend yourself, Velveteen Man. All right, moving on here. We got questions to get through uh what is your favorite cocktail oh i thought you were gonna ask that question so i and i make them at home i do like a manhattan and my question is it is it pronounced boulevardier or boulevardier 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 okay yeah. i i do like a good a boulevardier yeah follow-up question on that danny we've done a boulevardier uh, and you we? prefer rye or bourbon i i you know it's funny and i the, my favorite bourbon to use is, and I think I, and because I, 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 I'm like the cocktail maker at home when we have people over, and people seem to agree. And somebody told me about this I didn't discover is Wild Turkey 101 in cocktails. Okay, that's what I really like. Nice, that's yes. kind of a violet hour. Staple. Oh, really? Um, I like the kind of like the oiliness of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like your Boulevardiers up or on the rocks? Uh, I like them. I like I like the Manhattans and Boulevardiers up. Okay, cool. In like a coupe glass. Yeah. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Chilled coop, coop, Danny. Well, I will Chilled say, coop. I will yeah. say, COVID allowed a lot, a lot, a lot of, of cocktail yeah. makers, right. sure. yeah. and a lot of fernet. It sounds like a lot of fernet, <laughs> yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot of bourbon. Yep. Shout out to our sponsor, Bronco <laughs> USA. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. What trivia category would you dominate? Unlikely oh. category. Oh, it's, it's sports. Does that too? Yeah, that works. Yeah, I'm a, I'm Chicago a, sports. Sure. Or just sports sure. in general. Uh, probably. More the 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 farther back the better for me. Okay. Right? So if something like this five years, like last three years, my my teenager knows much more. Like they're like. Is they, it like they, baseball versus basketball? Hockey, I know. Whatever. I would know all of it going back, but wow. I don't know because I lived it. I had to. Yeah. Really have but to, there's no favorite sport. Of oh those. oh. Um. I like. I love playing baseball. I don't mind watching baseball. I love. I love, I'll answer it this way. I love playing baseball. 
I like watching football. I like being at a hockey game. Playoff hockey, I think, is the best Unbelievable. live sports thing to get. And I will watch Stanley Cup of two teams that I have no interest in. And I'll watch like the, the series evolve. Mm-hmm. I really like watching that. I'm totally excited about uh, Connor Bernard and all that with the Hawks because hopefully mm-hmm. there'll be a resurgence. That would be nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, to what do you attribute your success? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> the shower. <laughs> yeah. Long showers. The magical yeah. power of a shower. I yeah. will say this. Steam mo- shower. Most of my friends and, and family, they'll be like, I don't know how it makes it through the day. I don't know. We have, like, no idea. We have no idea why he has any confidence. We have no. <laughs> I think I somebody especially without velvet. No, I know. <laughs> without a velvet I, suit I, on. I may I look him up and, and buy that shirt and hat just to walk around home. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I think I I think I'm intuitive and I'm confident in my gut. Uh, I have a really good kind of like, uh, and this is why I think I was in TV. I have a really good visual, what I mean, visual acumen, I guess. Yeah. I can understand what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it, you know, like producing, it's, it's kind of like, you know, common sense meets experience and maybe you have some talent, you know. I've, I, I've been hired. I got hired. Part of it is like I like, I, I like people. I like being social. I like having fun. I don't mind taking a chance. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, not but I've always averse. said, but I've always, I'm not risk averse, but I've always said, like, if I'm creating something, I never, ever have done the, oh, I'll do it this way because more people will watch, kind of like the Instagram thing. Yeah. I'll kind of like, oh, if I like it, I think a lot of people will like it. Yeah. That's just kind of the only way I've kind of, so I don't know if that. Self-confidence. I, I have a certain, my, I, I, my kids, um, just, they're all older now, and when they get together with my wife, when they're all, you know, they don't live in the house anymore, um. They beat the shit out of me. I mean, it's just like it's done, <laughs> just like rope doping. It's unbelievable. Ver- verbally. Oh yeah. Okay. It's just verbal, but it's not like, physical. It's, it's yeah. Verbal. You got a sock of pennies. <laughs> hey, Dad. It's, no, no, no. It's a it's soap like, bar and a sock. <laughs> Get on the bunk. Right. They tape them down. Right. Everyone just smack. Yeah, them. but they'll. And I, and I remember saying them one time. One time, I go, "Wow, the way you guys uh, just berate me. It's, it's amazing. I'm as confident." As I am, which I yeah. thought was nice. Yeah. I think oh, they no. do that because they know you can take it, obviously. Oh, they, yeah, the, for sure. You know what their answer was? Each one in unison, oh, yeah, we don't get it. We have no idea why you're coming. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, that's you even worse. First piece of human excrement. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's even worse. We tell it's people like, that you're not even our dad. That's right. <laughs> my old friends, literally, because my, my eldest kid is super smart. He went to a super nice school or whatever, you know, college. And my old friends would kind of go up to me, and I go, they'd say, where is he? And I'm like, is he at Yale? And they would go, your biological is biological. Biological. Really? You're like as far as I know. I, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Looks like me. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, uh, that's funny but true. I mean, this is like <laughs> all the time. Yes, but uh, they do know. I can. But there is part of what you yeah, said. Yeah, of course. Is I can. I kind of can take yeah. it. Kind of. Yeah. I, can, I. I must put a vibe out there. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I tease my dad all the time, and then when I do strike a chord with him, I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, I forget <laughs> that he's like <laughs> I try got to the feeling. Step it back. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, if uh, it crosses the line, I'll be like, I'm just in no mood. Just yeah. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. If you no. catch me in the wrong mood. Yeah. I just like, can you yeah, just yeah. maybe not do this right now? Uh, all right. What is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? Uh, what do bars or restaurants do? Oh, 
there's a there's a few. Th- yeah. <laughs> uh, List of I'm much more restaurant than bars. Yeah. Just much much more. Um, you know, there's a there's a few little little peccadillos maybe. Um, you know, when you sit down and the restaurant says, um, you know, have you been here before? Do you know how this works? <laughs> and I'm like, we order the food, you bring the food? You know, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like eh, totally different here. <laughs> yeah, like, not, not here. You know, so I think uh, that's, it. you know, I was, I was saying something to the Kasama folks, and I do have kind of like, I have to have some rules on restaurants that I think are red flags, and I said that they I can't use one of the rules anymore because they've done so. One of the rules was like, um, you know what I can sense, and maybe this is annoys me when a restaurant doesn't know what they want to be. Yeah, yeah, identity crisis. Well, and they're just because they're doing it for other people. Mm -hmm. They're not saying this is what we should be, and a lot of times that comes with. You know, you have three floors, and on the first floor, I do X, and on the second yeah. floor, we do Y, and on the third floor. Kasama does very low-key, you know, breakfast, lunch, bakery, and then they turn at night into this prefix. So they've, they've, they've figured, maybe it out. figured that out. They yeah. maybe take Yeah, that they know exactly away. what they yeah. are. I guess, you know, I guess places that, you know, the things that annoy me at a restaurant is when you get the sense that they don't care. Yeah. yeah. It's just, but that's in life. If, yeah. if somebody was working with you guys and they don't care, you don't, you, you want them to care. Right. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. And then our last question. What is the best thing about Chicago's dining scene? Mm. Uh, the best thing about Chicago's dining scene is that you can find, you can find absolutely everything um, that you want. You can stumble into places that have been there forever and enjoy them. You can explore the city. You can go to for Chilaquiles at La Catedral in Little Village on a Wednesday morning and have the time of your life. Or you can go to Oriol for a, you know a super fancy meal. You can get Italian beef in uh, Elmwood Park, right? Or yeah, you can oh, get, Johnny's. Yeah, mm-hmm. or you we can. We love Johnny's. Or you can you can go to have, you know. You can go to Uncle Mike's and have Filipino food for breakfast, or you can go to, you know, you can you can go to Chicago Cut that I was at last night, yeah. and, and and just have like a power scene right on the river. So there's a little bit for everything. I'm not necessarily endorsing any one of those places. I'm just saying you can find it all here, which is which is fantastic. Nicely put. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank it's a lot you of fun. Thanks so much for having. You guys are great. Yeah, thanks, thanks for I, being I, here. My pleasure. And that concludes our conversation with Dave Manilow. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Joiners Pod for exclusive content, cocktails, reels, and throwback photos of our guests. This episode was produced by Matt Haddock, music by Captain Cuts, and reels by the one and only Joe Guzzo the Goosemeister. See you next week. Mm-hmm.